God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. But here's the problem, dude. Come on. You can shit on, here's what you can do. You can shit on my beliefs all day long, sure. and it's fine. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Well. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with my beliefs. I don't need you to believe what I believe for me to believe it. Well, I've only, I mean, this is just a fact. This isn't a continuing criticism of beliefs, but this is just a fact. I've only met a few people who, when we started talking about religion and I began to poke my sort of usual holes, you know, just for the sake of argument, not trying to be mean or anything, where they kind of held their own and they were cool. I think for the most part, people who are shielded by those kinds of beliefs, they're not used to that, you know, I'm used to it. So. If someone's like, well, you don't believe in God, what about this? What about that? Or why do you get up in the morning? Or how do you have any hope? Or how do you look forward to anything? I can have those conversations because nothing you're going to say is going to be worse than waking up and looking down the barrel of a materialist existence, which means when I go bye-bye, it's all over. I think it's, dude, I'm telling you, I don't know how many, we've done 3,000 of these podcasts. Yeah, I think the biggest change that i've made from these podcasts talking to you is it was that episode where we're talking about like a billion years of fucking of fucking marilyn Monroe, right and then a billion years of fucking some other chick and then like just thinking about it and going and your thing was like you need death you need an end right and it made a lot of sense to me in a way i've just never even thought about you die and then that's the end it's just because I was raised with an afterlife. So even once I kind of threw away religion as a belief system, I couldn't get away from the idea that you have a soul and the soul lives on and there's an afterlife, but you just don't know what it is. But then the idea of like just the lights turn out and you go nine night. Dude, I'd never thought about it. But when I thought about it, I was like, dude, that's great. <laughs> that's so great. I just, you know, I just don't want to have like a long, protracted, painful death. That part I don't want. But the idea of like dying and then that's the end, that's great. I just don't want to. Like that, yeah. I put that in the win con. I put, there's a column, loss and win. And I put that in the win column. Yeah, I feel that way too. Because And even the things that I'm most afraid of that death will ensure, which to me, what I'm most afraid of is to not be with my family. But in death, I won't even care about that, right? That's that's no, you the, won't. You, exactly. Yeah, if you die and that's it, who cares? The, game over. You don't. You're not going to spend a second thinking about it. But I guess the leading up to that, you'd be dead. But the leading up to that is the decaying, growing older, brushing up against physical boundaries and limitations that didn't previously exist, uh, getting sick, those kinds of not being able to. I don't know. You losing your memory. You know, like some people who have dementia in their family, which I thankfully don't. And I guess you just, those things kind of in a more accelerated way begin to rush at you. And religion's really good at tamping that stuff down. So when you don't have that, you have to just deal, you have to deal with it. And it's not easy, you know? So if you think secular humanism is flawed or dumb or there's no hope in it, and like, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to have that conversation, particularly with someone I respect. My thing is, if you found some religion that works for you and that you're, that you feel comfortable believing in man my hat's off to you yeah i'm like 
I used to kind of be like, oh, I've got to dissuade you from this because otherwise I don't, I really don't even know why I was trying to dissuade people of it. Like if it works for you, that dude, you won the lottery. If you can believe in whatever religion you believe in and you find comfort in that and it solves all your problems in terms of like death or comforting you in this really hard kind of existence that we're living in, man, that's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it's great. Just, I mean, and just cause I don't believe in it doesn't make it any less cool for you either. But there, the problem is, the problem is you got people that actually believe in hell and they think I'm going to hell and they're concerned for me. And so that's the part that's kind of like, well, look, I get it. You're concerned for me, but I'm not concerned. I think anytime those beliefs have a warping effect on the reality of like the society, you like I can, I can lock arms with anybody who believes in anything about the world until those beliefs warp their sense of reality in a way that it like literally affects how I walk down the street, you know? Well, yeah, well, I mean, we're seeing that right now with, with Roe Ro v. Wade because you right. got... Right, exactly. Yeah. If, if your religious belief is like, oh, life begins at conception and you're murdering a human being by having an abortion, then I, I do feel like that's a religious belief and now you're telling me that what I need to do with my body, then uh-uh. I don't I don't agree with that at all. I'm like, hey, if 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 abortion was like man if abortion was mandatory, I could see like somebody getting upset. Like if they were believed what they believe, then then and and the deal was, hey, um you're we're gonna you're gonna have to get an abortion. Yeah, but I don't believe in abortion. Like I think it's a sin and it's murder. Oh, oh, I don't have to get it? Oh, it's a choice? Okay, then that's fine. But don't take your religion and tell me what to do with my body. Here's the deal. If you think that abortion is murder and it's a sin, let God judge those people having abortions because they're all going to die. They're all going to meet Jesus. Let Jesus judge those motherfuckers. Not you, motherfucker. Get off. Get your hands off my body with your religious views and let Jesus do the tamping down into the murky mire <laughs> when I die. <laughs> Let Jesus get me down into the murky mire if I decide to do something with my body. Here's the deal, dude. If God's real, he's going to forgive every... Can of you course imagine? He is. Of you, course he's going to forgive everybody you, of everything. Can you imagine a God who made all this shit, who just made all this crap, and it's whatever. Dude, can it's, you imagine a God who made, makes you gay, and then when you fuck <laughs> another dude or chick... He's like, oh, you're going to go to hell now. Dude, if that's a real God, He's insane. I'm not worshiping that psycho weirdo. Or, or a God that says, okay, listen, here are all my insane, here's just a fun game I decided to play with humanity. I'm going to come to Earth incarnate. I'm kind of me, but not me. I'm going to split myself into these three characters. And I'm, we're the Trinity, and we're all one, but we're also different. And so I'm going to kill me. And then the blood from that death, because I mean, I'm doing a blood cult thing this time around. The blood from that is going to wash over my children, and that's going to make them white as snow. He's right. like, sorry, this is all God shit. You guys aren't going to follow this. This is fucked up stuff. I learned it through eons of being a God. And, uh, and then he goes, but I am going to put some people on earth who will never have even heard of Jesus. 
Right. And unfortunately, because I'm, I got to play by the rules I set, they're going to burn yeah. in hell for all eternity. Right. I'm like, right. what? Here's the other thing, dude. If that's the kind of God who, like, he likes to do some cosplay like that, where he, like, <laughs> pretends to be Jesus and then, like, God, and then, you know, let's do the crucifixion S&M shit. If he's doing that 2,000 years ago, he's done it many times since. Is what I'm saying. And what do you think the party's going to be like in heaven if that's the kind of shit he fucks with on earth? We're talking Dude. eyes wide. We're talking t- Tom Cruise and eyes wide <laughs> shit. Eyes wide, fuck eyes wide shit. I'd requiem for a fucking dream, dude, up in heaven, man. Dude, it's, it's martyrs. Up, it's man. martyrs up there. As soon as you get to heaven, you're fucked, dude. It's like, what? What's this gimp suit? Get in it, bitch. We about to get real rough up in this bitch dude i killed myself on a cross for you bitches what do you think was gonna happen here dude yeah. it's, that was just round one man that was human centipede one welcome to human centipede two dude oh my god <laughs> i wrote a song called long way down and my favorite verse is like this the third verse where he's like jesus he's a sailor and he sails among the stars and he looks down from us in heaven his body covered in scars wow and it's a long and it's a long way down man how about that dude a scar covered jesus just looking at us going hey bitches <laughs> dude that's like the real that's wrath of man shit right there son i always liked uh your song everything you love because i'd, I'd say to tell people that chorus all the time god will god will destroy everything you love if you live long enough well that's true though and then uh but that's not even really about God. That's just about how time mows everything down. No, that's God's God created the world right. so that we would live and die and everything in it dies and you lose everything and you don't really have anything. It's all just an illusion that you have anything. You just put it next to you and say, this is mine. Yeah, I own this. But it's it's not yours. Even your life isn't yours. It's all it's all given to you by God. And then God takes it away. And uh, And I love that. And it makes it exciting, dude. It makes life fucking fun and exciting and crazy and strange and weird and wonderful. And if we didn't have that, if we didn't have death, if we didn't have the mystery of not knowing if God is real or not, dude, life would be boring as fuck. But it's not, dude, because guess what? We're all going to die, and that makes it real scary. Well, Chris, I mean, God definitely makes things interesting. But uh, you saying that did remind me of a great Christopher Hitchens quote where he was like, you don't need the burning bush. We have black holes. Like, we understand so many insane things about the universe, and we don't even know anything about it. But, like, obviously, we know more about it than we did even a thousand years ago. We know what black holes are. We know what the galaxies are, stars. We know that stars explode. We We know that the Earth is flat. Exactly, and it's been flat since the 30s, the early 30s. Oh, shit. I thought it was always flat, so it's only been flat for the last 80 years? Yeah. We, we didn't crack oh, the code shit. until... I, yeah, did not, world, it was, I did not know that. Yeah, dude. It was, I think it, was, I think it was Hitler who was the first to... So it was round, and then Hitler decided it was flat? It was either Hitler or Freud, one of those two knuckleheads from Germany. Oh, was that some secret shit where they went and chopped off half, both halves on each side <laughs> got it flat? Yeah, the giant, the 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 solar giants. It was, was it like the, a chicken chicken breast that they pounded flat. It was the great solar giant wars, dude. Sometimes I'll be driving on the interstate, like l- looking where like the trees meet the horizon, and I'll mm-hmm. think to myself, you know, what would be fucking amazing is if some sort of giant monster just rolled over that hill. It would be so terrifying, and it would probably kill me. But if that happened, then nothing. 
I previously thought to be true would be real. Like every rule would be different. No more taxes. No more, no more anything. If just over that hill in Alabama or wherever the fuck, just a huge giant came over the hill with other humans in its teeth that had already eaten. That would just change everything for the better. It'd be amazing. I've always thought that my whole life. About every time I look at a hill for my entire life, <laughs> I from do the that time too. I was a zero till now. I've always thought, oh, how cool would it be if a giant comes over the hill? Always, every time. And I know it sounds like I'm joking, but it's absolutely true. But then the other thing I always think about, it's the same thing that you're saying, is that like if I was sitting here in the studio and all of a sudden the door opened and there was like a lizard or a weird (laughs) monster, I'd be like, oh, shit. There probably is a lizard, by the way. I've been fucking pranked this whole time. And then this lizard be like, I'm like, oh, shit. And it'd be like Black Mirror and be like, oh, fuck. I don't know. I mean, what what do you do? Well, here's what happens. You look around and you go, all of the things have been known. Like, you have Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell. There will never be another restaurant as big as those. It's just done. You have pizza, spaghetti, the hamburger, uh, taco. There's no new food. We did it all. You can mash some food into other food, but we did it all. You got Chevy. You got Ford. You got you got your five or ten things of everything, and we just did it all. You got your monopolies and your scrabbles. There's no other game that's going to be like that. All but right, a giant, but that, a giant but, rolling over a hill, everything, everything gets reset immediately. I know, but you could have said the same thing in the '50s, and now we've got iPhones. You know what I mean? There's always going to be something in 20 years. There's going to be something that nobody's thought of that's going to be ubiquitous to everybody on the planet. And then somebody's going to be the richest person because of it. I mean, but Mon- but Monopoly and 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 fucking McDonald's transcend the iPhone. No, I'm I'm not Straddle saying both it's eras. Go- I'm not right. I'm not saying it's going to replace those things or get rid of them. But there's there are things that we have never thought of that are going to exist in the future. That when they ex- when they like, dude, if you skipped from the seventies to 50 years later to 20 from 1970 to 2020 dude you would like a lot of the world would look the same you'd say oh there's a there's a corvette that's the same corvette that i saw exactly elvis is still elvis elvis is still there but then somebody would pull out their phone and you'd be like what it'd be it'd be witchcraft what is that uh well you would just say it's a tv that you put in your pocket they would understand that it's a small tv with information. All the information in the world and yeah. no cord. And cordless, right? Anyways, I'm just saying. I think a 3D printer would be crazier to show them. Because I think you could tell someone in the 70s, even the 50s, hey, in the future, there'll be a, te- a television that's really small. You put it in your pocket and it also, you'll have access to just untold amounts of information about the world. They'll be like, okay. But a 3D printer, imagine explaining that. Dude, at a certain point, there's going to be a thing that looks like a microwave in your kitchen or in your house, and you'll go, hey, what do you want for dinner? I'd like some, a Big Mac and fries, and you go, Big Mac and fries, and then you <laughs> wait about five minutes, and then you open it up, and there'll be a Big Mac and fries in there that will have been 3D printed with biological material that looks just like a burger 
maybe it's not super exact in terms of texture, but pretty close. And that's the way we're going to be eating. And then, oh, water? Water is going to be, there, there'll be another device that just sucks water out of the air and then creates, they already have that. That exists. There's a device that looks like a water cooler that sucks a gallon of water out of the air every day. The guy who invented the Segway invented that shit. Now, who owns the patent of that? Maybe Nestle bought it, you know, the big water company. Who knows? And candy that bar exists. Company. Well, Kevin Costner, I mean, even in the 90s, he peed into a contraption that he then turned into water and drank it in Waterworld. So that technology has been around at least since the 90s. <laughs> I told someone well, recently that they actually made one of those and that I bought it off Amazon and they believe me. Well, you can you can buy stuff that will, you can f- filter there's there are devices that you can buy on Amazon that will filter your pee and you can drink it. I mean, they'll filter like swamp water. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could I could make a quote unquote filter that you could pee in and then drink it. <laughs> it's, it's, called, it's called your sock. It's called a coffee, a fucking coffee filter. <laughs> Have uh, you seen that fucking <laughs> Bear Grylls where he fucking guts a snake and then takes the snake skin, pees into it, and then drinks it oh in the desert God. like a goddamn maniac? No, no. Uh, that's some Australian shit right there, son. Uh, my wife and daughter watched this YouTube channel guy that his whole deal <laughs> is he, he lets the most poisonous and painful animals and bugs bite him. <sighs> have you have you seen this, dude? No. He'll put like a wasp the size of a fucking shoe on his forearm and it uh-huh. and the wasp will be like, I don't really want to fuck or like some kind of crazy hornet. And then they'll like tap it a couple and times. And he'll even fuck with it to get it to fucking sting him and shit. And I, I, it honestly nauseates me. Like I can only get so far before I like because it when it stings him and shit, it really fucks him up. Like sometimes yeah. he vomits. He's in so that, much pain. That dude might be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that might be Jesus come back, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> he doesn't even know it. <laughs> like when that guy dies, he's gonna go to heaven, and God's gonna be like, "You knew you, you know, you were Jesus that whole time." He's like, oh, I wish you'd have told me. He's like, well, that's that's a waste. If that is Jesus, that's having people film you get stung by bugs is not a good use of time for a cosmic deity, in my opinion. That's just me. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Here's what I know about life. Yeah, when you and I sit down to do these, it seems like every other pie that I have my hand in goes to hell, and I have like forty five text messages that i cannot respond to right now oh you got some pies that are going bad yeah a couple of you pies put some, left- sometimes when you put those pies out on the sill to cool the birds will get at them or a grizzly or a neighbor or child with a bow and arrow or other things i love that when we were talking about monsters rolling up over that horizon that you were like i could open my door and there could be a lizard there <laughs> No, I really do. I do think about that where like, or, or just a doorway to reality opens and, and something steps through it. And you're like, oh, well, okay. I guess, I guess the ruse is up. Well, this is how much you really believe in magic when you're a kid. This is before I even became really religious, but I was just a Southern kid, very nominal religion all around me. And I read the book, The Phantom Tollbooth. And I told my mom, I was like, I want to go to the grocery store and get a big poster board. And she, was, she didn't even ask me what for. As always at a school, she didn't even ask me. We just went. I drew a big portal on it because in the Phantom Toll Booth, this kid goes through a portal into the world of cartoons. He he 
He goes to the the land of subtraction soup where every bite you take makes you hungrier and shit. And uh, I drew a portal and I put it on the floor and I got as high as I could, which was the top of my bunk bed. And I attempted to jump into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what you do. I mean, no, this is when I was 32 years old. So, dude, I believed in gnomes <laughs> when I was about 13 or 14. I mean, because I read that gnome book. It's pretty it, it old was, for gnomes. Well, it was not, it was a book that was nonfiction. Like, I'm like, uh, here's what I believed in I believe that adults told the truth. So, if they put a book in the bookstore and it's nonfiction, that means nonfiction. It means it's not made up. Was it called Gnome at all? It's called Gnomes. No, it's called Gnomes. <laughs> And I read it, I had it, and then I was like, oh, I guess gnomes exist. So then I would like be in Germany and I'd be walking around in the winter and you'd see rabbit tracks, but they look like gnome tracks. And I'd be like, oh, I guess there was a gnome. And I was like, I hope I see one tonight. Oh, man. The truth about it was unknown to you. Well, and then eventually I was like, I guess gnomes don't exist. What the fuck? And then also religion. Oh, I guess this is all made up. Everything's all made up. Oh, you fuckheads. <laughs> I was pissed, dude. I was, dude, from from 13 to 29, I was so pissed about all of it. I was like, fuck all you motherfuckers with your bullshit lies. It really upset me. Well, what's really crazy is how how much all the adults in the world are still just scared babies. That's like a really horrifying fact of, of course they are we are, i am i'm a scared baby yeah i mean there's no the, you never really you look around and you're like oh no one who's doing all this stuff really knows what's going on that's no. that's really strange because when you're a kid you definitely assume that every anyone older than you knows what's up and then as you continue to become that person and i say this as a man who's sitting here who somehow has bought multiple houses not not all at once but i've bought some houses in my life Couple of marriages. I've had a. Ki- I have a seven-year-old kid that's alive. I, I have pr- a a good job. Uh, I have cars that I've bought. How? I don't know. I don't know how I've done any of the things around me. Let alone the guys that make decisions about nuclear war and who build bombs and make policy decisions that change the ecosystems of entire societies. People who make decisions uh, yeah. about war. People who do fucking open heart surgery. They're scared babies who never quit being babies. They just get paid a lot of money to do a really hard job. I know. It's it's weird. And yeah, and it's crazy how many of those people kind of suck at what they do. Yeah. Like the majority of people kind of suck at what they do. Very few are experts at it. And you don't know the diff. Right. Well, yeah. because you because another extension of how you're just a kid is you just kind of want to believe that they know what they're doing. Your sort of default is that's a doctor. Doctor, it's hard to be a doctor. They must be very smart and good at what they do. Where I don't know, I don't know anything about medicine, and they do. So I'm gonna leave it in their hands. Exactly. But they, you can become a doctor. I mean, I've had incompetent doctors. Uh, yeah. (laughs) What Uh, what's the what's the, the statistic on the amount of people who have surgery? And there's like surgery utensils that they left inside of their bodies, gauze, mm. and sometimes even scalpels and shit. You ever heard of that? 
I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a, who knows how much that there is on the internet. I'm sure most surgeries don't leave stuff in people's bodies. But I think it's a higher number than you would imagine. Surgical tools left in patients is a common problem. This is from Saunders Lawyers. Now, could they be drumming up fear in order to uh, get paid? Yes. Despite progress in surgical technologies, going under the knife is still a nerve-wracking experience. When patients leave the operating room with something extra inside of them, those nervous jitters can quickly turn into serious illness and injury. Check this out. In the U.S., roughly 4,000 cases of surgical items being left inside patients are reported annually. And reality experts say this number may be as high as 6,000, which is roughly the equivalent of a dozen or so U.S. surgeons stitching up patients with at least one foreign object inside of them every single day. Yeah, but what's a foreign item? Well, here's the list of them, of possible ones. The following are a few examples of commonly forgotten items. Scalpels, forceps, clips and clamps, needles, sponges, and retractors. Here's what I'm thinking. Most of the items left are sponges. Every (laughs) 4,000 items, there's a scalpel left. But, I mean, you know what I mean? It's mostly shit that looks like stuff that's inside you. It's going to be sponges. Trust me, dude. Well, you want a sponge inside of you? No. (laughs) I'd rather have a sponge than forceps, though. I guess that's Uh, the takeaway. The takeaway is, like, if you got a sponge inside, you're like, it just looks like another lumpy piece of your shitty ass body. (laughs) But if you got a scalpel poking out of the side, you're like, oh, shit, what's that? Wait, is that a blood covered sponge or is that just another piece of my shitty ass body? (laughs) Hard to tell. (laughs) I mean, every day I wake up and I'm like, did I have surgery last night? And somebody left a bunch of fucking shitty ass bloody sponges in my body because God damn it, this is not cool. Is that my penis or is that just a blood engorged horrible sponge? <laughs> Trick Good question. John. It's both. Well, I'm the type of dude that when I mean surgery's coming for me. I'm, Look, I'm not. If I'm going to get dick surgery, put some sponges in. Put, put a bunch of gauze in there. Please. Leave as much shit in there as you want. Whatever makes it girthier and lengthier, I brought this, leave it in. I brought this cucumber from home. Can you make sure this gets in there, please? Thank you. You just go to your doctor and like, I'd like dick surgery. Why? Mm, I don't know. Just to do it. I'll tell my doctor. Who's the most Who's Who's the most incompetent surgeon in town? <laughs> who is, That's who I want. Who has the most ratio want, cases of I leaving? Want doctor, yeah. I want doctor, doctor oopsie daisy to operate <laughs> on my dick. Is yeah, is is the is Dr. Whoops left a sponge in your liver again present? I want I want Dr. Dementia to fucking <laughs> just start operating immediately on my dick for no real reason. Just open it up and then close it back up. Are there any surgeons here who are alcoholics? Because that would be great if you could assign me to him. I'll probably get a deal on the surgery plus an engorged penis. Man. I'll just tell my. I'm the kind of dude now that I just I, I say very frank things to my doctors because I no longer assume they're any more special than me. So I would just say, "Hey, will you please make sure you don't leave a fucking sponge in me when we do this? Can you just go the extra mile for me today to not leave forceps?" And then he'll probably do it on purpose because he'll probably have his little baby ego bruised by the mere suggestion that maybe he's one of these four to six thousand cases of leaving a goddamn surgery tool inside of my fucking body well i mean when they're operating there are clamps and stuff that are holding stuff and yeah 
all I ask is if they just make sure they get all of them. Let's do a fucking, let's do a little bit of inventory post-surgery. Okay, I came in here with three forceps and two clamps and two scalpels. Can we just make sure we get a head count on all the items before you wheel my ass out of there? Is that too much to ask? No. Because I'm probably paying $2,000 for the surgery. My insurance company is probably paying $17 billion for whatever surgery that is. So, anyway, on this wonderful note, we must now kick it to the Secret Weekly. You can check out my album, Going Supernova. You can pre-order it via Kickstarter. The link will be in the bio. We have other podcasts. Bob's is called The Song Club. Mine's called Metal Up Your Podcast. Also a podcast with the star of the Paranormal Activity films, Katie Featherston, A to Z with Clinton Katie. Of course, we're on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash I-O-K if you want to support the podcast and hang with the Secret Weekly with us where we were and hang in the Secret Weekly with us where we are going now. We'll see you soon. Bye. (laughs) 